we are going to see a film that misses the mark. Misses the mark. It could have been important. With Mike Spiegelman, let's watch a this song. I, I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to pee outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh, duh. Let's watch a full-length That might not be the best theme, but it's really close. What are you talking about? That's the best theme. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Spiegelman. That song was written by Carl. Carl, good job. <laughs> Thanks, man. My turn-ons are satin sheep. We're, we're all applauding that, that song. Welcome to the show. The premise is in the title. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We would like you to watch with. it with us. We would like you to listen to our podcast while you do it. Uh, all you got to do is go to YouTube. Carl, if they go to YouTube, what movie are we watching today? Today we are watching The Gay Deceivers, a movie that misses the mark. The Gay Deceivers, 1969. That's what I suggest you search for. The Gay? Go to, yeah, Deceivers. Deceivers, and that's I before E, except after C. Right, except after C, and we got a C. Yeah, so we got to do a, I mean, a I, E. Ooh, what, a, what a moment one. to be alive. All right, so Don't I just typed in the, the, the gay deceivers. I have to apologize. We're, uh, our sound is not so great. And by the way, I'd like to apologize about last week's show. The sound was not so great. Uh, <laughs> but so we appreciate you listening to the show every time <laughs> on L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's where we're listed on iTunes and RSS feeds for podcasts. So I see Gay Deceivers 1969. Who's posting it? Where should I go? Okay, so... Sherman Bay is the best one. Okay. But I want you to know that we'll start watching it, and then at one point the audio will drop out, and it'll say for copyright reasons on YouTube. And then much, much, much later, the video will drop out. And again, huh. it'll – yeah. But it's it's brief. It's worth it. It's yeah. the best copy. Okay. Let's do it. So go ahead and click the link and then hit pause immediately. Boom. And uh, we'll be doing it. Uh, we are recording this live on tape on Sunday, uh, Sunday September 9th. What the fuck you? Sorry. Uh, we're recording this early, as you can tell from my voice. <laughs> it's still you too early for coffee, me, Carl. Right? <laughs> you did have coffee, I'm hoping. <laughs> it's uh, breakfast time here in San Francisco and brunch time in New Jersey where Carl's calling. So we'll right. be broadcasting this at our normal slot. Uh, but as you can tell, I'm in a very grumpy mood. So I went ahead. It played by mistake, but I hit pause. Uh, can we have the fabricated voice of Paul Brumba of the Edge of Insanity podcast uh, do the countdown? Okay, that sounds perfect. Okay. Oh, we're ready. Now, what you're going to do, you're going to hover. 
Okay, I should just sell the audience one more time. It is the Gay Deceivers, 1969, and we are choosing Sherman Bay. Sherman Bay. All right, everybody, get your fingers hovering over that play button. We're going to play in three, two, one, go. All right. ba 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 A Jewish person. ba 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 all right, concert's over. Yay, public domain music. Now we're watching a, a photo collage of the people of the day going into I Want yeah. You poster. And then, oh, draft card burnings. You know, Carl, did I ever mention that I don't like when credit opening credits show riots? I feel like the people <laughs> who actually got hurt in the riot are just being exploited by the filmmakers. Yes, that you've said that before. So in our show... You always bump into riot, rape, and Star Trek actors. Oh, oh, uh, a, a litany of Star Trek actors, you say, and rape? <laughs> now, uh, this uh, show will be no different. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it starts with the riot. <laughs> yeah, we got to start. We got to show where we are in the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you're right. This is a uh, zeitgeist beginning. It's the spirit of the times, and that is... No one wants to go to Vietnam. And one of the ways you can get around the draft is saying, well, I'm gay. Oh. So if you showed up to the recruitment officer and said, I'm gay, they'll say, oh, Mm -hmm. we can't draft you to Vietnam? Right, 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 right. Interesting. Here, let's try. (laughs) Uh, Hello. Welcome to Recruitment Center. Your name is Carl Haupt, I see. Yeah. Yes. Very very straight-sounding name. um, Thank you. Yeah. Well, Well, um, I just want to uh, join the army to be around all of them. <laughs> well, come on in. Welcome well, to the army. Well, that's essentially what they say. What? <laughs> Here's your gun. Uh, you will be in this barracks. Oh, look at this guy. He's like nodding his head. No. Lieutenant Colonel George Dixon. He doesn't yeah. like what's in no. this file. Lieutenant Colonel is pretty high. He's high? So what we're... Yeah. Look at his, his pupils. What we're seeing right now is how the recruitment goes. And the funny thing is this guy's a bedwetter. So it's going to write him a little note for rubber sheets at basic training. <laughs> That's you, a joke. You wet beds? Fair enough. Join the <laughs> army. You're enlisted. Only when I'm nervous, sir. When do you pee? I, I don't think I am nervous when I pee in my bed. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? He's sleeping. Yeah. Getting night t- nerves. Yeah. He's on a date with a girl. He starts peeing on her. I'm sorry. I'm just so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> that old canard. <laughs> you wet your bed. I, I know. I, am, I have a test tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's saying, our two heroes are here to see you, sir. And they want to see you together. They insisted. All right, and now they're Come pretending. in, heroes. Now this is uh, this movie reminds me of I pronounce now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Yep. The probably the worst Adam Sandler movie out there. Yeah, Punch Drunk Love is a close second, but uh, uh, <laughs> no, this one, I agree. This, but but you're right though. This that one, Larry and I mean, it takes the cake. Takes the cake. Well, yeah, the idea is that you have that it's life is so unfair. That you have to become gay to get your rights back. Mm-hmm. 
Well, they wanted to be married for benefits. So are they pretending to be gay, these two people? Yeah, this is Elliot, uh, who's on the right, Mr. Handsome there. Yes. Um, and on the left is Danny. Okay? Okay. Uh, so he's saying, look, what did you put down here if, if you're gay or not? And they're saying, well, you know, that really says, is there a, did you ever have a homosexual experience? You know, they're just basically like trying to pretend that they are gay people pretending to be straight so that they can get in the army. And our lieutenant colonel is like, no, no, you don't pull a fast one on me, bub. And this is 1969. Yeah, and the thing is that if this was 1989, 1999, this film would be would have a twist, a bend that was for homosexuality. But that's not the case here. Right. Uh, what we get instead is, I, I mean, I really feel this film missed the mark. There's a few key places in which they could have talked about gay rights and been, you know, at least shown a sympathetic side. But no, that's not what we're going to see here. We're going to see a television show, essentially, um, in which they pull a Jack Tripper. The funny thing about trying to pretend they're gay. Okay, so he goes, all right, you two want to join the army? You're in. He goes, see, I told you it wasn't tough, Elliot. We'll be with all those men. So now they sit with the psychiatrist to try to figure out if they're gay. And this this is the credits of uh, the title credits showed up five minutes into the movie. I suppose. Well, we were seeing the photo collage. Yeah, we were seeing right? the photo collage, but it didn't say, you know, Paramount Picture presents. <laughs> the uh, Gay Deceiver. Dennis Dugan film. He well, directed- you know, in TV, there was, there is the, um, the, tr- the bumper, the, tr- the cliffhanger, the, in the beginning, you tease, right? right? And I think that's what they did. They teased, and then it was like, okay, we're gay. And now the movie starts, you see. This guy was a TV director. So I like the, I like the uh, graphics used for this. How about you? Now they're just making campy jokes. What do you think of this naked girl? Well, I love those beads. Oh, that's a great response. You know, I was taking a, a shower and uh, there was a knock on my door. And I said, who is it? And they said, blind man. I said, well, I, I can open the door naked. And I opened the door naked and he said, where do you want the blinds, lady? <laughs> I'm waking that is, up. That is funny on so many levels. That's funny because, one, what the fuck is a blindsman? Two, yeah, right. why is he That's going door to door? Three, why would I answer the door if I'm naked? Any young man has a lot to account for. Yeah, that was any young man. Yeah, that makes sense because back in the day they would have deliveries like crazy uh, to people's homes, and a guy if you bought blinds at the store, please have them delivered to this address. And I, I it was an wanted, earlier time. I wanted my daughter to hear Henny Youngman, so I said to my Echo Dot, "Play Henny Youngman," and uh, the second track was a roast where he was talking about Milton Berle's cock. <laughs> and it's very hard oh, to yeah. like listen to like the master and go yeah he really hates his wife <laughs> once you get past that you'll be fine 
Oh, so they're so the psychiatrist is showing pictures of beefcake, and they're like, "Ooh, yeah, that's beefcake." Well, yeah, he goes, um, "Muscles have never been my bag," but he goes, "Can I take this home? I don't have this one." <laughs> no, that it's actor, government property. Was, it was, you remember one Adam Twelve? Yeah, it, that was who was originally going to be cast um, for for Elliot's part. Adam Twelve. Yeah, one Adam Twelve guy. Uh, let me see. Here it is, Kent McCord. Um, this guy's name is Larry Lawrence P. Casey, and uh, he was in Good Guys Wear Black in 1978. You remember uh, that film? Never seen it. Uh, Good Guys. Well, you know of it. It's the um, uh, Chuck Norris. Huh? No, I guess not. And I shouldn't be well more versed in Norris. So you know, Good Guys Wear White as the typical um, yeah they're white hats that's the way i could tell them apart right and this, this was made in 78 which means 68 was just a blink ago so that's his joke good guys were black so i went on to have a a show in high school called the bunny hutch and we did good guys wear pink <laughs> <laughs> it was funny that's clever right okay so now they've gotten away with it right the army right. says you're gay get out of here and then the lieutenant colonel goes but if you're fooling me, I'm going to know it, and you're going to be, you know, not only will you be fined and you'll be in the army, you know, like it'll just be crappy for you, is all. He, they're at the tennis court, and, and her father just touched that guy's knee. <laughs> Ugh, no, he is the father. He is that guy's father. Oh, okay, I got you. Here's the ugly husband. And who's, the, who's that charming guy with his shirt off behind us? I, I, boy, your your gaydar is up today. I, yeah. I don't, I didn't see him. Oh yeah, so there's a What we're certain... doing here is we're establishing that um, Danny is a red-blooded American heterosexual boy who's going to marry that nice girl. He's a, he's a regular Chuck and Larry. Her name is Brooke Bundy, Danny's girlfriend, Karen. Brooke Bundy. Now she was in a supporting role with James Stewart and Harry. Harry Henry Fonda in something called Fire Creek in the same year, 68. She was in this, she was a 20-something in this large film, uh, The Young, which included Richard Dreyfuss. She was in Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and 3. Then she was in Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, hello. Star Star Trek 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 reference one. And Webster, Partridge Family, Ozzy and Harriet. She, we're gonna we're gonna watch a movie, and you're not gonna mention a single Star Wars ref, uh, Star Trek reference once. Uh, if none exists, I uh, will not find it. We're we're looking at a bunch of bikini girls uh, preening over our heroes. Right now, our hero here, not one Adam Twelve guy. This is Elliot, and he is establishing not only am I. Uh, heterosexual, but I'm ultra heterosexual, and all the girls want me. Yeah, all these there's six girls around, and that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. So he goes, "Do you have to do that?" He was he was pretending to be gay, and he was telling them all about what they did as deceivers. And now Elliot's saying, "Don't be stupid." Uh, Danny's saying, "Don't be stupid." If we get caught, you know, I just don't want anyone thinking about it, talking about it. Like we got away with it, leave it alone. <laughs> I'm I'm putting our our monthly fee in the uh, in the dues box right now. A little inside there baseball. Is, oh, you are. Thank you very much. I think it might be time for me to send you something. Ah. 
Hey, uh, if you're listening, send us money so we don't have to pay dues. There we go. It's problem solved. Because <laughs> our due is due. <laughs> so this is um, the mo- the mom, right? They're best friends. It's Danny's mom. And the – okay. So he goes, going up there to celebrate, kid. Yeah. And uh, it's get Lieutenant Colonel. And, and uh, our good friend um, uh, Bobby Brady will in a second recognize. Okay, so – you just saw Bobby Brady, Danny here, with his fiance, and she's wearing a great dress. But that this is not the fiance. They were meeting the parents. They were with the parents, right? So he comes over to Elliot's house, who always is scoring with the ladies, and unlike his character throughout the whole film, he's now going to make out with this chick. Well, this chick's wearing a great dress. Yeah, it's it has like a lace in the middle around her belly. Uh oh, soundtrack. What's this crawling across the screen? It's what you think. In order to comply, you know, to get around the copyright rules, he mutes it out for a couple minutes. Okay, so he's about to get busy. He once again sees that man outside, but it still hasn't hit him that it's the army guy. I guess he's not in his uniform. Army is that desperate that they have to follow around guys to see if they're gay or not? No, it's more like screenwriters are that desperate. <laughs> this, this is our is, conflict. The story is by two guys, and they said, you go write it. And so this one guy did. What's his name? Where is it? I don't know. Abe Polsky and Gil Lasky said, hey, we got this great idea. And they said, Jerome Wish, write it. It was part of, let's see. Producer Joe Solomon, uh, this director was approached by Joe Solomon to direct all the Though the script was weak, Bruce agreed, and with the help of writer Jerome Wish, they punched up the story. And this, oh, there's the kissing. He goes, uh, oh, realize. Oh, he realizes the that the recruiting officer is outside his window while he's kissing a woman. Right. And you remember the little scare. If you're if you're tricking me, if you're deceiving me, not only are you going to numb, but you're getting fined, and we're going to make life shitty for you. He'll be in the worst place. And, they should just ship She's this like, guy to Nam anyway. <laughs> She's like, what's your problem? Or am I too fast for you? Because you're not fast enough. Get out! <laughs> and fast. <laughs> this movie would make a better turn if they actually do get enlisted and enrolled and they actually have a good time in Vietnam. And they come oh, back and they go, so we served our country and we had a good time. Now, Bobby Brady's like, what the F, man? <laughs> Everyone's Bobby Brady, man. Look at this pigsty. He walked Ew, in on people he walked making right love. In. Yeah. The, he was, he, she's topless. He's topless. Another second shirt, shirtless guy. But uh, he just walked in the room while they were macking. Now, she is Bunny. Her name is Bunny. She'll just show up one more time. But the thing is, she's not so pretty. It's kind of weird that he's like... Actually, that's not true. He does sleep with unpretty women. He's, he'll sleep with anybody. That's the point of this guy. He's a dog. Well, can we, So he later. comes into the apartment. I guess they both live there. And there's a woman waiting for him. And she starts kissing him. He kicks her out, walks in the room. And the roommate's been fucking the whole time? Yeah, I guess so. And so it's like, what has the other girl been doing? Yeah, now, look, she's been listening. He put on her dress. He put on her dress. And she's like, you have to leave. And she goes, you're wearing my dress. <laughs> it's a good place. Look at Bunny. All right, back to shirtless guy. 
Yeah, you see how they had the uh, Apple iPod painting? Yeah, in the background, it's a little blue disc. Very uh, predictive. That's called pop art, man. What's wrong with the army that they would be standing outside of this place? I used to paint soda cans, but it's like nobody respected pop art. Yeah, no, no, not into your pop art. Okay, I'm writing that down for next open mic. I used to paint <laughs> soda cans. Do you know what the the producers of the open mic should write that joke down and put it on a on a bulletin board? It said, "Don't uh, don't allow this <laughs> joke into this surprised. building." <laughs> <laughs> no one respects. Do, do not accept checks from this joke. Okay, so now they're like, we're in deep shit. We got to figure something out. We have to pretend and do a gay life. Look at Life Magazine in the background. Yeah, they are they at the library? There's like four or five copies. <laughs> I guess this is... That's their place. Well, I always lay down my copies of Life Magazine on, a elevated, on an elevated book stand. I mean, it's not even yeah. a... Yeah. It's a, it's it's a magazine display. reading shelf. <laughs> That's back in the day well today you'd have your laptop there right it might be angled the same way right hey you know what Carl that's life <laughs> that's what they say I get it because of the magazine oh so this guy's gay oh is he ever gay well, that one he is the landlord okay so here is a real estate agent who used to wear a suit because that was back in the day and he's like, I really don't think you guys will like this neighborhood. And they're like, you're so wrong. Let's be the place. <laughs> oh, so they're moving to the gay neighborhood. Yeah. They're like, we're going to go through. Okay. Prove it's gay. And here's proof. Oh. He goes, I'm a pretend gay person. You hear that music? Yeah. They do that throughout this whole thing. They're really unfair to gay people. Wow, that guy. Uh, swishes. Made... It's just not cool. I like this music. It feels like I'm at the circus. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Yeah, there was a cutesy gay monkey. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we present the Three Stooges. <laughs> okay, now, lots of statues adorn this place, including ones with big dicks, and that gave it an X rating. And they said, whoa, whoa, hold on, what do you mean, X rating? And they said, well, get rid of the dick. And so they did. Now they got an R rating. So we're not going to see these statues? We're going to see statues, but the, you won't see prominent peepees, and you won't see paintings of peepees. However, the Internet tells me that there is Hoover. Uh, who is the FBI guy? Not J. Hoover, Edgar. Hoover. He was the J. Edgar Hoover, who, as you know, was a cross-dresser. And this, this film ignorantly thinks that cross-dressers are gay people. So we see a picture of him. They're just trying to say... He's, he wears women's clothing. So there's going to be a picture of J. Edgar Hoover in drag? Well, I never bumped into it. Now look at the pic... Okay. You see, you don't get to see a close-up of... Yeah. Here's the bedroom! So, uh... That's another shirtless guy, right? The statue? I suppose you could count him as shirt. Listen, we don't see, like, topless means girls, and we really only see it once in this film. We saw some back. Yeah, full back nudity all over the place. 
So this bedroom looks like they're at a no-tell motel. It's a round waterbed? Maybe not a waterbed. Well, it's not waterbed, but yes, it is round and, you know, there's probably a mirror on the ceiling. I don't know. You know it's a waterbed? My bed after I pee in it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, when you're nervous. When I'm nervous. I get nervous and I wet my bed. I was having a nervous dream. Okay, so right now they're having a debate like, what do you mean one bedroom? It goes, come on, we're supposed to be lovers. They had a they had a two bedroom before, right? Well, they were they were straight before. Yeah, but all I saw was one bed in room in that in their old place. Oh really? I guess he goes, uh oh, he knows they're gay, but of course, why would he take them to this neighborhood in the first place? <laughs> now this Danny, right? He this was his second film. He used to be a child actor. The internet claims, but I didn't find any. Uh, child actor stuff. Now, this is again Danny's parents and Danny's sister who will play into the who will play into the uh, script. Now we watched we watched the movie trailer last week. We listened to it, and they said even little sis is in the act. Yeah. Okay. Now this is a girlfriend of Elliot trying to say, "Hey, you owe me an explanation, man. You just can't quit town and quit me." She's wearing the same bathing suit. God bless her, but she is wearing yeah. the same bathing suit. Now, you saw Mom's friend was checking out, uh, look at his junk. We see his junk. I know. It's, it's like junk. Well, he's shirtless again. But, yeah, his junk's there. And he's also got a great tan line, Carl, if you look above his uh, shorts. I'll uh, sure to check. Now, he sleeps with this one. Oh, can you put some rub shit on my back? Yeah. Okay, but I'm gay. I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay. Well. Actually, yeah, she's saying, like, we need to get together. And he goes, like, well, I moved away. I'm having a hiatus. And he makes a joke. It's a bit of a sabbatical. Every years I give, every seven years I give it up, whether I need to or not. Uh, yeah, I'm look pretty at sure her. seven years ago this guy was 14, but. <laughs> yeah, right, every seven years. Well, that's what I did when I was 14. I gave it up. Yeah, I quit at seven, yeah. then again at 14. yeah. Okay, he sees an army guy there, and he's like, holy shit, they're watching us. They're watching us, everything we do. Holy shit, I got to be gay. I got to be gay. This is ridiculous. Who ever heard of, like, the recruitment center trailing you around your place? And this one's like, you know what we just did. So at that point, Danny should realize, oh, he's not following me. He's gay, and he's sneaking around. Well, that makes more sense. But Danny doesn't catch that. There's a few things like that in this this film that don't this TV show that wants to be a film that doesn't don't make sense, and that's one of them. He's telling them now we got to be cool. No girls ever. Do not bring them around. Be gay, gay, gay. They're watching us. Now, one Adam Twelve wasn't on in 1969, was it? I mean, like, did American audiences watch TV and then they go to this movie and they're like, one Adam Twelve's gay? <laughs> okay, so. It was going to be one out of 12, but they didn't cast one out of 12. They cast this guy. Kent McCord was one out of 12. He was also in Galactica 1980. You remember Battlestar Galactica got to Earth? Maybe. Well, anyway, I just brought it up because it was, then we'd have somebody famous in the film. Uh, I think 
I don't know if One Out of Twelve was out at that time because I remember seeing it as a kid, and I was yeah. born '66. So. Oh, so here's the super. John, your landlord. Yes. Malcolm. This is Malcolm. Swish, swish, swish. His name's Michael Greer. Oh, I'm Danny. Oh, how do you do? I'm Elliot. Well, pleased to meet you. You squeeze my heart. You are the muscular one, aren't you? (laughs) I just adore this cottage. And I decorated it myself. The internet says he's the best performance in this movie, and I kind of agree. I kind of agree, too. He's definitely... uh brains up this this dire movie now here they make a joke he's like what do you think and elliot's like it's you like instead of okay does this mean he's flaming like oh because he's he, trying to do it's a very 60s thing they have which is like a bunch of loose cigarettes in a container yeah yeah like that's what maxwell smart used to do him and jaime the robot would sit down at a table and there'll be like a bunch of loose cigarettes in a container and they both smoke on cue well, the thing is, none of nobody smokes in the apartment, so it's kind of. Although, uh, we're Malcolm, who we're meeting, did decorate the apartment, and now they're like playing. You know, they just got married, and uh, he's saying, "Oh, my husband Craig." And now, this this Michael Greer, the internet says he was the best player in the. I know we just talked about that, but. He sort of goes away. He shows huh. up one time in 1979 as in that movie with Bette Midler, The Rose, and he's just an MC person who's at the, you know, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. And then he shows up in Steve Martin's Lonely Guy in 84, but as a counterman. Weird. You know, just like a, so he didn't really have a career after this, even though he was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he might have, maybe he's a stage actor. Could be, yeah. But the internet, internet database, I, I, DM would tell me that, right? Yeah. I F D. What is it? Internet film? I M D B. I bet you have. I'd like to see them sometime. Well, I bet you would. Toodaloo. Uh, Mr. DeJohn. Uh, Malcolm, Danny. Malcolm. Malcolm. I'd like to thank you for the fruit. You're welcome. And I hope that you can come on. You're right. He showed up with fruit. Yeah. He didn't need to bring a basket. (laughs) Fruit basket. Uh, Yeah. Listen, thank you for uh, pouring on the gay stereotypes. Thank you for bringing that. Yeah. And thank you, cameraman, for focusing on the bananas in the uh, fruit basket, too, when you (laughs) left. Now, he keeps saying, stop fucking around. You're going to get us caught. It's the whole theme. You see that? Bobby oh, Brady he's freaking out. Oh, shirtless guy again. It's the same shirtless it's guy. Their, yeah. It's the, it's the uh, well, I mean, if Elliot, you know, he earned it, right? Show it off. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's you're absolutely right. In, in oh, the same look, bed. His tidy whiteies won't know he's wearing pajama bottoms. And you see his junk again. <laughs> you never see Danny's junk. Well, of course you can see his chunk. He's wearing white pajama bottoms with the fly open. You notice that? <laughs> it's on, so on purpose. Well, I guess we'll have to fake sex right now. Did they ever do it, Carl? Uh, no, Michael, they do not ever do it. 
<laughs> they are deceivers. They are deceivers. So funny. He's such a beefcake-looking guy. It's fully furnished, too, the apartment. That's the best part. Yeah, they bought it fully furnished, and Ellie, uh, Malcolm, their landlord, was the one who did it. Oh, so Malcolm um, bought bed sheets, pillows, and a mattress and said, here you go. I just adore this. Yes, he did. He invested in his apartment that That's, he was going to. They do that in San Francisco. When you move in, they insist on buying you furniture and, and setting up the place before getting in. Oh, that's nice, sort of. Uh, Larry Casey, this Elliot, was also in a Charles Bronson film, Borderline, in 1980. And he was in Centipede in 2004. Do you know that? Centipede? Human Centipede? It says horror film Centipede, 2004. I can only assume it's the Human Centipede. Oh, I, I know that game. That's that's when you uh, shoot these centipedes that come from the top of the screen, and they go every time they hit a mushroom, they turn around. The centipede. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look, his fly is. No, it's not open. But now he's like, we should never go to bed mad. Like he keeps on pouring on the gay joke. Yeah, doesn't that get tiresome? Yes. Movie yes, says no. <laughs> Um, the human centipede was bullshit, man. I mean, it had 12 legs. Centipedes oh, are scary. There's not a centipede. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, no, keep going. Danny was in Gunsmoke. He was in Bonanza. Well, wasn't fucking everybody in those back then? Uh, yeah, apparently. Here's one that's really weird. He was a screenwriter. All, like, he goes away. His last credit is 75, then he disappears, then he's a screenwriter for a film called Mean Dreams in 2017. What's this, 2017? What's the movie? Mean Dreams, he wrote. Mean Dream? What a terrible title. We're, we're watching the future screenwriter in 2017 of Mean Dreams right here. He's having a breakfast sandwich of peanut... Oh, no, I guess it's not peanut butter, but he's uh, he's got a beer with him. Yeah, he has a beer, and is that mustard and ketchup and jelly and peanut butter? Yeah, that's what so, I thought it was. Hangover. Malcolm's going to come over to borrow some Morning. parsley. And Can I borrow a couple of eggs and some oregano if you have some? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, thank you. I was in the middle of whipping up a little surprise for Craig, and I ran out. It's so funny he walks into the smoke. Right. That's the age. You see what he sees now. This dreadful, atrocious, right? So he's like, let me cook for you. Galloping Gourmet. Okay, now, there's going to come a scene now which is extremely unfair to gay people. He, he will be alone by himself cooking in the kitchen. Right. And he's prancing around like a flamingo dancer. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Nobody alone would. He's doing things that you do when you show when you're showing off. You know, like you're dancing in a crowd, and everyone's like, "Yeah," and they're clapping. That's what he does, even though he's alone. It's just not a real thing. And of course, they're playing the music. Oh, let's listen to that. I'm making bologna sandwich for breakfast. Well, he's gonna make an omelet because the bologna is so ridiculous. Look, he's. He thinks he's alone and no one's watching. No, but he so knows he knows game. that guy's watching. Even oh no, you're right. Now the guy left and he's still doing his little shtick. 
and he will continue to do bunch of shit. Like the music? Sorry. You can't find good help nowadays. Oh, they pay him? He's not the good help? Well, I mean, like, you know, that's the the help is always, like, dancing and... God, the nice hairstyle. It looks like an ocean vomited on his head. <laughs> Unlike uh, Elliot, right, who's got the quaff right now. Yeah, he's got a squat. This guy's got, like, even Ken's going too much, man. Kendall. Oh, he is kind of Ken. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Ken doll is even like that too much. So now, again, uh, Malcolm does not think anyone's watching him. I love how they use all this public domain classical music. Oh, Bolero. I'm Brooke. I'm Bo Derek. And I'm in Spain watching. Tor- you ever see uh, Bolero? No. Should I? Yeah, you should. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you it. should. Do you do you watch any Bo Derek movies directed by her husband John husband? Derek? I don't. I I I don't know. Was Ten one of those? Of course, I saw Ten. No, no. no. Ten was Blake Edwards, and that kind of launched her. Right. And right. then her husband, who has this history of making movies, did a film called Bolero, where she's this young ingenue's in in Spain and Europe, and uh, it's really really ridiculous. And but she also mm-hmm. they did a movie called Ghosts can't do it and it has Donald Trump in it oh that's yeah. interesting you can find that that's on YouTube that's the way I like clip. my Donald Trump just some billionaire who does cameos yeah you know he shows up in uh, Little Rascals movie and Home Alone 2 and you know since you brought it up yeah Home Alone 2 since you brought it up it's just it's still inconceivable to me that we actually live in this world in which it's a reality I'm not just being like an anti-political you know F you Trump I'm being serious now I cannot believe that we live in a world in which he can be he can legitimately I mean he is the president it's ridiculous it's just okay that's my you're you're saying that the president of the United States would not be president if he started (laughs) in a movie called Ghost Can't Do It it shouldn't be. Well, okay. So it's, there's this guy. Um, he's a little kid. His name is Max. Uh, you've heard of the um, Mandela effect? Uh, what is that? Okay. So apparently, uh, they they destroyed a particle in the super collider at CERN. Uh, an electron was annihilated and destroyed, which shouldn't happen. So they claim that when it did. Um, we went into an alternative universe <laughs> and uh you know it's just a it's an alternative reality is all and uh it makes sense that donald trump's the president oh here come the parents not oh no because they do not know their son is not gay so this is where the movie turns into a tragedy when the parents find out their kid is gay well no! only the dad is going to be suspicious dad looks like a bill bondsman i don't trust that guy Mm-hmm. They're so oily. These suits, the clothing is great. I have to give it up for the clothing in this movie. Mm-hmm. They're white pants and tight white pants and tight sweet suits and whatever. Oh, here's now Malcolm is right well, now about to recognize her clothes as a father. designer. Oh, how do you do? How do you do? Uh oh, Danny's Mom. like, what? The Dad, Dad, uh, hi. Let's look at the outside yard. It would have been creeper if he said, mother, father. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> or if he calls him by the parent's name, right? Elaine. Uh, oh yeah. Bob. Or, or by their, you know, Mrs. Uh, what's his name? Devlin. Mrs. Devlin. <laughs> Hello, son. You don't call your me. I, I call my mom Mrs. Spiegelman. Oh, Mrs. Spiegelman. That's what goes, I would say. Danny, I... what's with the prominent dick? So he goes, no, no, these are wrestlers. And he goes, yeah, but they're naked. She says, well, they're Greek. They're Greek. You know how the yeah. Greeks used to wrestle. And the father's like, of course, of course, the Greeks, naked Greeks. The I mom like, hey, I noticed there's a dick in your kitchen. <laughs> there's also like a barbershop pole in the background. Look this... at this lovely place. Let me go upstairs and get you expose your pink room. Oh, it's a mess up there, Mom. He always says the same excuse to people. It's a mess. And they go, ah, oh, it's okay. Right. Now the dad's like, do you need any money? No, no, thank you, Dad. Oh, he said no to money? Yeah. Well, he, he has money. He keeps on saying to Elliot, who has no money, don't worry about the rent. I'll take care of the rent. We just got to be gay. I mean, rent must be really expensive, like $125 a month. Oh, wow. In 1968 yeah. dollars. Even before, uh, what was it, 76 is when the inflation began because they changed up how they do the money. Right, so beforehand you could live large. Yeah, like beforehand there was only inflation, like very minor inflation. Um, so everyone had, you know, some people would make $5,000 a year and that was cool. Seriously. But like my father's first job was $5,000 a year, and that was really good. And mom stayed home. Yeah, right, of course, to, uh, to help out the house. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, it'd be like, well, I have some good news and bad news. The place is only $125 a month. That's great. What's the bad news? It's in the gay neighborhood. All right. <laughs> it comes f- fully furnished. Oh, that's good news. But it's gay furnishing. Oh, uh, furnishing. <laughs> Dad, get out. He's like, get out. The landlord so what helps. What they're saying is, this used to be owned by women, and we haven't redecorated yet. It was said. owned by the Partridge family or the fucking monkeys or something. Like it's <laughs> the monkeys I could see in here. Yeah, the monkeys live in this place. They just need a couple of wacky stuff in the background. A gorilla. Explanation, explanation, excuses, Dad, excuses. Now he goes, oh, I love that. Let's listen. He go, she notices the outfit. He notices the outfit. Signs anywhere. Why, yes. I didn't know men appreciated such things. Oh. Men do. Uh, listen, you know, uh, I, hope, I hope... That's the humor of this whole movie? Yeah, it's the whole freaking movie. Oh, <laughs> Dad, Dad, explanations. Excuses, Dad. Now, do you think I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry is the best work from Tequila, uh, tequila or do you think she was in better movies? I don't know. I did see that film. I don't know how to answer the question. Okay, so here I have a section called Gay Take on the Film. And there is a – okay, here is – I didn't make – you know, it's called Queer Review. I'm not being – Oh, yeah, uh, no, no, I want to hear it. I mean, this is <laughs> okay, nice – yeah. Uh, today, after having to endure the indignities of cruising, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, I found the gay deceivers to be relatively harmless. Huh. We're spared the speeches and grandstanding that plagued, I pronounce, now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, whose premise is remarkably similar. So for this guy, 
he doesn't like the get he calls it grandstanding and speeches but i say this movie missed the market should have done a lot of that maybe not grandstanding but saying okay so dad you can see dad's caught on now this right. is a gay play and danny's like eh. of course mom's deceived because what do women know well because because dad visits the bathhouse and mom doesn't <laughs> i recognize that winning man oh, um I had a stupid joke that never made it. What was it? Uh, uh, the bathhouse was a, an esteemed establishment. That was it. You can see why it never made the stage. No, good. Say it again, Carl. Bathhouses are very esteemed establishment. Okay, so um, straight girlfriend who he's engaged to visit. And they go out to dinner. And she's like, I want to see your place. And he's like, next time, darling. She's you, like, you, okay. This reminds me of Bosom Buddies, but instead of living in a house for women, it's an apartment for gays, right? And the gay deceivers. This reminds me of Buddies, Bosom Buddies because it's practically a TV show. Let me tell you about this director. Yeah, please do because you keep bringing up. Okay. Yeah, Bruce Kessler, uh, a TV director. So, okay. This guy, Bruce Kessler, when he was a kid, it, he began in auto racing, believe it or not, and it opened up the opportunity for him to act as a race car consultant for several Hollywood pictures, and that eventually led to his first directing gig. So that's how he got in. By the mid-'60s, he was an established director in TV. Um, he directed – I'll just throw some names out – MacGyver, A-Team, Knight Rider, and several episodes of The Monkey. Oh, the classics. You seem very impressed that he was an auto racer. Yeah, because that's a weird way to just, you know, stumble into directing, you know. He was also a stand-up um, comic, too. He'll say, he like... Uh, <laughs> okay, tell your joke what? Okay, all right. Hello. Hey, everybody. Now, don't quit your day job. People say uh, uh, that, I sh that after seeing my act that I shouldn't quit my day job. But I'm a by day, I'm an auto racer. Why would I want to quit that? <laughs> Don't quit your day job. I won't. Now, he did some feature films. The only one that's really interesting is one that was written by and stars Dick Clark. It's called Killers 3. Really? And it's described as, as a Hicksploitation. Hicks? I don't know. Wait, Killers 3 it's called? Uh, Killers 3. Okay, hang on written a Written and starring Dick Clark. All right, let's see if it's on YouTube. Just for the audience, by the way, he, we're meeting Craig, the husband of Malcolm. And oh. he and Elliot are really hitting it off, and he's clearly the man gay. Oh, I see. He's the butch gay. Because this is a, just a film of stereotypes. While you look up Killers 3, I'll just say, I'll just throw a few out here. Um, this director did I Dream a Genie, Ironside, Mission Impossible, Barney G.B. Jones, The Rockford Files, Quincy McLeod. I mean, he did everything. Uh, now, here's the only interesting thing. Do you know the Night Stalker? Yeah, uh, uh, Richard, yeah, he terrorized the Bay Area. Okay, Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Oh, Kolchak, yeah, 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 I've seen that show. So, this, okay, this guy directed an episode which was the first credit, professional credit for Bob Zemeckis. Bob Zemeckis and some guy, Robert Gale, wrote a script in his early 20s. The thing was called Chopper. Now, you remember Headless Horseman, Sleepy Hollow? Yeah, sure. Oh, that's in New Jersey. So the, right, the 
No, New York. Sleepy Hollow's in New York, right? It's yeah, Washington Irving is from New Jersey, okay? He was talking about New Jersey. He just wrote it to oh. New York to look cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> this was so ridiculous. Like when you say, he's a he's an East Coast comic, because I don't want to say Right. Well, you, <laughs> you, well you, you being a New York-based comic, you know what I'm talking about. New York-based, yeah. Tri-state area um, comic. Right. I can see it from my window. Look, there's New York. <laughs> I saw 9-11. It's only 17 minutes over the bridge. Um, okay, so the Night Stalker used to do werewolf, vampire. Like, there was always some traditional. They started running out of traditional, you know, Frankenstein, traditional creatures. So Bob Zemeckis said, hey, to his friend Bob Gale, uh, he says, we have an opportunity here. And they wrote one like a headless horseman, but it's a, he's on a motorcycle. The episode was called Chopper, and that was his first gig, which led to a lot of gigs. And then, I, you know, he eventually became a director. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, one thing so, I never Bruce, got about the Night Stalker is that he was a newspaper reporter with a weekly column. And I remember Simon Oakland from the movie Bullet. It plays his editor. Right, and right. Every week, there would be like a werewolf or a vampire or a headless horseman biker. But in the same town. Yeah, in the same town. I know. It's like, how many times does Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the same high school just bump into? Well, to be fair, they lived in the portal over a portal of hell or some shit like that. Oh, oh, okay. I guess I don't know Buffy. <laughs> uh, this is Danny's sister, who we've met before. And Little she's sis. Like, I heard about the place, and so I want to come by. And Bunny is there. And Bunny goes to Elliot... You sure did look funny in my dress the other uh, night. And then the gay people are like, what? What's that all about? What? Which ew. doesn't make sense. He was wearing a dress, right? You would think that perfectly jibes. Oh, so wait. The, the, so the, the other girlfriend is letting her on to the secret? They just ran off no. and they're going to say, they're pretending to be gay so they, they won't get drafted into the army. No. They don't know. They don't know. Oh. Um, yeah. When... Bobby Brady went over and started making out with his non-fiance and then walks in on them doing it. That's when Elliot put on the dress just to have something. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realize that would be such a fucking big plot point. (laughs) Yeah, there's lots of that you don't notice. Like we met the um, we met the mother's friend that's going to show. There's a bunch of them you met and they're going to show up. You know, one thing I gotta say about this movie: if it's 1969, there was uh, the Stonewall riot was 68, and it just seems like mm-hmm. it never happened in this movie. It's She's just, like, "What's this gay perfume?" And Elliot um, Malcolm's like, "Excuse me, sweetheart, but that's twenty dollars a squirt." And like, he starts getting a little upset with them. And they're like, well, we know when we're not wanted, and they sort of huff off. Oh, so they do they get that they're all, everyone, oh, so they think their boyfriends are gay? No, they just get offended by the gay people for, in for like, uh, Malcolm gets, yeah, look Malcolm at gets, uh, yeah. She's perplexed. She's like, we know when we're not wanted, and she's Come on, buddy, out. let's get out of here. Malcolm just had a little gay yeah. tantrum, a little like. He is the Jack Tripper. You're absolutely right. We're just doing stereotypes here. He's Mr. Malcolm, uh, the landlord. 
Mr. Fell. Mr. Fell was gay, right? He never slept with his wife. He always kept giving piercing looks. He would... Wait, you might be talking about Hurley. Hurley. Oh, yeah, Norman Fell. Hurley, Mr. Hurley. Mr. The late Hurley, Norman Fell. Right. Uh, Stanley. That's the only reason I know the name. It's because of the other one. You never sleep with me, Stanley. I know. I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Move over, Al Bundy. <laughs> Mr. Hurley did it first, and they had yeah, their own. Yeah, that's right. Didn't they have like the? Didn't they have their own spinoff of Three's Company? It was like. Um, a, yeah. Like the Hurleys, and it had. Uh, Oh, uh, right, and it lasted one season, uh, thirteen episodes. I remember that. Yeah. So wait, the the guy who is kind of he was in Transparent, and he was the sidekick on Larry Sanders, and he's on Arrested Development. The, yeah, yeah, him. He was he was he on was the spinoff, it. wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was. That guy looked old back then. Um, I know. I he, like that guy. He, Jeffrey he Tambor. Jeffrey stuff. Tambor. That sounds right. That sounds right, Jeffrey Tambor. And um, there was a great interview with him in which he talks about a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. I really enjoyed that interview. Uh, oh, yeah, I think I know what interview you're talking about. It was about Vanity Fair or something. And he, like, yeah, he, like, just said, you know, I'm old, and most of these players are just history now. They're not even players, so I'm just going to do it. <laughs> he tells all the interesting stories he has. And he loves to talk. He loves to talk that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'll be honest. He reminds me of my father. Not not the sexual assault part, but the mm-hmm. just the kind his of dad was great. Just the way the weight of the world wait. is on his shoulders. You know, when he when he oh, talks. Hold on, hold on. What do you mean sexual? Uh, Jeffrey Tambor had a. a Jeffrey Tambor. Assault? Oh my God, Carl, wake up, man. Be okay. woke. Okay. Yeah, he. Okay. There's a, several allegations about this guy. He uh, uh-huh. was in a show called Transparent, and he was like sexually, uh, allegedly. Assaulting his coworkers, and uh, and then uh, there was some other allegations. But he also, for Arrested Development, he made Jessica Walters cry. Oh, really? Yeah, they, I mean, they've both been in the business for decades, and it just seems like, what the fuck did he do? Yeah. You know. But anyway, like, yeah, there's some allegations against that guy. He lost his show, Transparent, because of them. What I never get about those guys is that they can. Score. They don't need to do that stuff. Well, it's just whatever they're. I mean, they have enough power to. If they're sick fucks, they could be sick fucks. It is about the power. Yeah. And that was the thing with Louis C.K. too. When I first heard about Louis C.K., I was like, why would he do that if he can be, you know, have sex? I mean, why would he say you have to watch me? And and I think it's right. I think it's about the power, not about. Right. I I don't know. Anyway, those guys can have themselves. Now, being a New York-based comic, a tri-state area staple, uh, what's the word in the street over there regarding the return of Louis C.K. for a day? Uh, Nobody seems to uh, be commenting on that. There's a comedian here. His name is Max. And I'm so sorry, Max. I don't remember your last name. I I know this guy so well, too. Yeah, right. I apologize, Max. You know his last name. (laughs) He looks like... Uh, Louis C.K. and he uses that. You um, I wonder why he didn't say, "Did you guys see my recent appearance? I'm back." You know, <laughs> he really does look like a young Louis C.K. and he's funny. Oh, we just saw bare ass. Oh yes, 
Now, this is the best friend of Danny's mother. Uh, Way to go. This guy's a player. Yeah. And we're going to see a little more. Whoa. Oh, look at her. She's wearing like, she's wearing panties, but we saw. And she goes, oh, hi, Danny. Hi. Mrs. Conway. I just heard about, I thought I'd see your apartment. Yeah, I'll say. So, now, but, what we find out is that she's been paying Elliot's rent, and they've been having an affair. Can we talk about Elliot? He took his, he was wearing nothing but white pants. He took his pants off, and you can see his bare ass. He's been not wearing, he's been going commando wearing white pants. That, my friend, is, is confidence. <laughs> now, again, Mrs. Whatever's just like, okay, it's nothing. It just was using the restroom. Bye. Yeah, she's got her clothes on quick. My God, this chest is what must have sold the movie. Yeah, the one Adam 12 guy was in the audition thing. He was like, that's great. You did your lines great. May we see your chest, please? What? May we please see your chest? Okay, Okay, so this says picture picture. removed briefly to satisfy YouTube. And it is brief. Hey, man, Solomon Bay, I like your style. He goes, oh, he keeps going. I think you can get the idea. From, from the audio that we're not listening to. Right, let's get the idea. They're marigolds! Good God, I think she's right. They are marigolds. Okay, I so. may not know my flowers, <laughs> but I know a bench when I see one. <laughs> so she trampled over. Elliot often talks about his beautiful flowers, and she trampled through them. And, and she's like, my Pyrenees or Pekingese, whatever they're called. And she goes, they're marigolds, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that clip was an internet famous clip for a while. What? Yeah, there's there was someone posted on Instagram that clip. I, I, I dug around IMDb about this title. And uh, oh, on YouTube, the one that comments said, I saw this on an Instagram. I'm here because oh. of an Instagram post, is what it says in the YouTube comments. Okay, now... Here's another plot point that doesn't, 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 doesn't make sense. The daughter goes to the dad and says, something gay is going on. Elliot is gay. But she doesn't say it outright. She's like, normal. Are you kidding? Then she plants <laughs> the seed in the father's head that Elliot's gay. Are You're so blind, dad. So Elliot gets fired because of the dad. Really? And later on, yeah. Later on, two more shirtless guys uh, behind that guy. We're in a locker room. Later on, the sister is gets told that he was fired for being gay, and she's like, "What? He's gay? That doesn't make sense." And she goes and tries to sleep with him to find out. So you see how the plot doesn't make any sense. I do know that this this four shirtless guys in the shower while you were talking. Right now, Elliot is making gay jokes with the shirtless guys in the shower, and the father's overhearing. Oh. Now we see him with children. <gasps> Ew, he just touched that kid's butt to push him in the pool. Yep. That's weird did, anyway. Yeah. But not, in, not, not, not in 50 years ago. Now, there's the ugly husband, and the wife is cheating on him with Elliot. As I, we I, I don't understand. Just stop. Carl, this plot just goes on and on. The dad is right now saying, no, you see to him getting fired. Okay, so 
this movie now lost a great chance to show how society is really not cool to gay people. That's a good point. Yeah, and that would have been a, a decent film. At least it would, it, right. would, it would bring it to his conclusion, I guess. Yeah, because right now, Elliot, who's not the main character, Danny's the main character, but Elliot would have the chance to say, you know, maybe I'm looking at this, you know, like, you know, walk a mile in my shoes. Like, people think I'm gay. Now I'm fired. Like, you remember there was that movie with um, Gregory Peck, I think his name is, and he's like pretending to be Jewish. And which, then by the end of the film, he's like, I'm Jewish. <laughs> Wait, which movie is this? Uh... Um, Oh, The Last Temptation of Christ? <laughs> it was a black and white film long ago. Their friend Dave was gay, uh, was, was uh, Jewish, and... Was that the one with Brendan he, Fraser? He, no, he was, a, um, he was an author, and he decided, I'm going to pretend I'm Jewish for the next three months and report on it. Sort of like black like me. Oh, like Jew, Jew like me? <laughs> oh, by but, the way, Shana no. Tova, Happy New Year. Uh, oh, Rosh Hashanah's uh, today, tonight. Shana Tova. Shana Tova. So after this is over, you will rush a Homa? I'm going to get my shofar, which is a ram's horn, and I'm going to go, burr, 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 tefillah. <laughs> tefillah. I don't, that's, that's something else. Burr, burr, I got burr. this ram's horn, and what do I have to shofar it? Shofar. <laughs> shofar it. Oh, Carl, your jokes are great, shofar. <laughs> your jokes have been great, shofar. Yeah, that joke wasn't... I have this new joke. Maybe you'll like it. Uh, okay, right you now, see, you got you got so far with the, your jokes. Um, I know this guy whose father was Jewish. He he was like a half Jew. He was like Jewish, you know. <laughs> right, he wasn't full Jewish. He was Jewish. <laughs> Jewish. I had an old joke oh. where I said that. I'm Jewish, as they say in the East Coast, or here in California, Jew. In so many words, and then. Uh, uh, but the actual correct, politically correct term is Jewish American, and I prefer to be called mm-hmm. Jewish American or Jewam for short. And then I proceed to say Jewam as many times as I can. I don't do that joke anymore, <laughs> which you can tell. Oh, they're outside Kelbo's. What a dynamic you know sensation! Oh, he won't close the door for her. Well, she's saying. I don't want to have dinner, Danny. I want to go to this apartment that you won't bring me to. Oh, I see. And she's like, and he's like, uh, you know, she thinks there's another girl. She thinks he's shacked up. He and Elliot are shacked up with a girl or something. And that's why he just won't take her there. And she's insisting and he's going to relent. You know, it's weird is that like, they're, they're pretending to be gay to, to avoid the draft and it, you can see what the effect is on their jobs and family life but I yeah. haven't seen a military guy the Lush Life good oh, bar oh you're about to see the military guy in Lush Life oh oh, he's going into the bar the Lush Life well see he was like with Danny's like I'm going out with the girl because you are and like, Place don't is empty. there so he starts calling up girls and he couldn't get anybody there's there's Tom just, of Holland uh, illustrations on the wall. Mm-hmm. This guy is breaking up with this girlfriend, and she doesn't understand why. As they sit in this gay bar. Yeah, they're at the gay bar. How can you be so indifferent? I'm not being. 
Oh, that's definitely music that they would play at a gay bar. Or, or at a game yes. show taping. I Either one. <laughs> so look. Oh, look. New blood. Fresh meat entered the bar. Here comes the bar fly. Making his wet. Yeah. Can I buy you a drink? And he goes, huh, why not? Come here often? Yes, I'm the waiter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the waiter. <laughs> almost every night I'm here. <laughs> you know, I see you here almost every night. You must really like it here. Well, <laughs> it doesn't pay well, but... <laughs> doesn't pay um, well. <laughs> here's something I don't understand about this film and its plot, once again. Now, the the draft, you could avoid being, you know, conscripted conscripted, whatever is the word, you know, you could avoid being taken into the military if you had prison time, personal injury, co um, college deferments to postpone the draft or claiming to be gay. Right. But the thing is, David, our hero here, is off to law school now. Oh, so, so he's, already, there's, there's no worry. Right. This plot is all over the place. And what's, where's his name? Where's this guy? Plus, he wants to roll back gay rights as a lawyer, so it just doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> Here it is. Oh, the right. script was... Um, okay, I don't blame Jerome Wish, who they were like, they were like, write it! And he was like, yes, sir. I blame Abe Polsky and Gil Lasky for the lamest story stuff ever. For, the, for what are you blaming them for? The music? No, I'm blaming them for the fact that he's going to college and yet he's trying to get out of the draft right. by being gay. It's nonsensical. The 180 that the sister pulls in which she outs Elliot, and then when she finds out Elliot's gay, she's like, what? There's all sorts of stuff like that in this film. Okay, so now the girlfriend is satisfied that they are not, that he's not gay. Right. Um, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm saying the wrong no, thing. No, he's not sleeping with now, the lady. Right, that there isn't another girl. And she's like, fine, let's get busy. Now, Danny is totally breaking the rules having a girl here. She's yelling at Elliot all the time. Right. Now we hear the neighbors being very, very gay out loud. <laughs> and she's like, what's that? He's like, oh, just my neighbors watching the gay channel. <laughs> watching the gay channel in 68. Yeah, it's it was called UHF. CBS. Right, yeah, it's on PBS. It was, it was PBS, actually, right? Oh. It was... All right, so what did they... 1948, oh. they established PBS. Yeah, and I can't believe it that. was that famous journalist who did it? Um, was it Edward Moreau Presents the History? Yeah. Hello, I'm Edward Moreau. I just farted, but you can't tell. Because we're on air? Yeah, he had that face. There's a bunch of journalists that had just that, like, exasperated face. Like, like that smell, like it's, they just smelled something bad? <laughs> Dad, rather you are here, we're at the, oh, P.U. <laughs> okay, so um, Danny says, he hears the gay neighbors and is like, uh-oh, she's going to catch on. So she's like, he's like, let's go get something to eat. And she's like, you sure change your mood fast. And he goes, you have to satisfy all your appetite. So then she's walking by and she goes, oh, this is the gay bar everyone's talking about. Let's go in. Now that's what brings them into this gay bar. Oh, so this is you see. Now, 
the guy with the uh, stereotype red scarf there, yeah, tied around his neck, really pouring it on thick. So Danny sees him and comes over and says, "Elliot, come sit with us." And this gay guy is like, "I saw him first, and they have a big fight." Oh yeah, that, that happens a lot. Hey dude, hey bro, <laughs> talk to first. Well, I think the director drew all these pictures on the wall. Uh, those are real gay people, by the way. The, the internet made a big deal that the bar scene has got real gay people. And they they That's appeared right. on screen, I guess. There's one of them. He has an earring. Oh, yeah, right, he does. And he drinks beer. Don't show us that, but... Well, he's swishing, he's snapping his fingers while he walks. Um, the ratings board gave it an X rating because of... The, okay, so let me just tell you about the ratings board for a second. Yeah, keep going. Okay, it was immediately slapped with an X because of... Um, like I told you before, there's lots of naked male statues and risque artwork, okay? Now, um, but the board... By the way, they didn't mind, like, girls naked. There's lots of girls, lots of TNA. Okay, so here it is. The Motion Picture Film Board was concerned that the movie could awaken latent homosexual tendencies in members of the audience, leading them towards a deviant lifestyle. Okay. What a bunch of ignorant bitches, man. Um, this was released in 69 in New York, and then by January... Uh, then it was released wide across the world. In West Germany, 1980, it was released, and it was known as Fuck the Army. It was Fuck the Army? Release. Yeah, I'll say you know, I'm sorry, the Carl. Title? I stepped out. I, this movie made me want to go over to the windmill in the park and cruise. So I, I, I'm back. <laughs> okay, now Elliot is is drunk, and so he's he's laying it on like we had an arrangement. You said no women, and he's pretending to be gay like he always does, and he's wrecking it for Danny here because the the fiance is like, Danny, you're gay. You're clearly. I mean, you can have them, she says, and she storms off. But not only that, there's like another woman outside watching the whole conversation. Is that his uh, girlfriend? Her? Nope. Just. Oh, I see. That's just hers. It's a weird close-up. She looks oh. like Susan Day a little. Susan Day and Peter uh, Brady. A partridge. Yeah. And no, he's, that's Bobby. That's Bobby. Come on. Oh. This cab just happens to be there. Look, he can't get the door in time. Good acting. Good acting. Bobby. Yeah. I can't. There's, there's now, taxis outside bars. <laughs> Here's another really, really bad plot point. Danny goes on to not be furious at Elliot, who just ruined his marriage. Okay, now look who it is in the gay bar. Dun, oh, dun-dun-dun. So Which he saw the whole thing, sense. so he knows look, what. Look, here's another plot point. Does it make sense, right? He... he He's, the guy is saying, boy, he really punched me, kind of like, like a real man. And they're like, they don't make him like they used to. But meanwhile, he's in a gay bar that would support his story. <laughs> Thank God there's a girl in a bikini. Because I was going to go back to the, the windmill. Yeah, and so you saw the girl. See Susan Day at Partridge Family and her? 
There's a, a famous bit. windmill at the end of the uh, Golden Gate Park where right by the ocean where mm-hmm. uh, you can go have anonymous sex. And 20 years ago on BBC World News, they had a, uh, a radio guy there like uh, uh, doing a report. And he goes, uh, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Um, you know, so-and-so BBC. What are you doing here? The guy goes, oh, I'm, I'm here looking for sex. He just said it? Yeah. Now, she's saying, look, Elliot is not gay. Maybe there's something going on with Danny, but Elliot is not gay. This is the plot point that doesn't make any sense. So Danny's now trying to desperately find the fiancé who went sailing with some dude. Oh, man. So like a, yeah. And yes, and Rosh Hashanah, no less. Hello, not had gay hotline. Now, who's she? She's great. I don't know who she is. Roommate. She's a, nah, she, the internet didn't tell me. She's not even credited. Uh, She's just a roommate. This is her one scene. Oh, that's too bad. She has the best hair. Oh, this guy's wearing a Speedo now? No, he's not wearing a Speedo, but... The thing is that he does sort of... Elliot, Danny should be furious with him. He just ruined... I mean, he had a life planned. He was going to marry this girl, and now she's... But he's not mad, and he's doing that gay stuff again. And he's like, "I don't want to hear you say that ever again." Oh, that's yeah. But I mean, but he doesn't explode on him like he should. What I don't understand is that if you are engaged, you're still living with your roommate. I mean, yes, because she is a flight attendant who flies all over, and she's based. She's got a switch to be based out of San Diego, so when he goes to law school, they can live together. Okay. So now we have Malcolm, and he's saying we're having a great party tonight, and you're supposed to come as your most campiest. It's like a dress-up party, and you come oh. as your campiest gay thing. Like you could be Tarzan, or you could be Camp. Come as someone from a fairy tale. You bet your sweet biceps. But all of our friends are going to be there, Elliot, and we want you to meet them because we know that you'll find them absolutely fascinating. Yeah, well, thank God that we have Malcolm in this movie. (laughs) He's the only good one in this movie, but it's like the part he has to play is all stereotypes and not fair to gay people, really. And then he goes on to do nothing, right? It doesn't, it kind of doesn't make sense. He was tormented by demons after this movie. So here we are on the ship, and the guy who we've never even met before is like, Hey, girly, you and me, baby. And she's asking all sorts of questions about her situation with the gay stuff as if it's for a friend. Huh. He's a doctor and he has advice. So this guy is steering, that's, that's the boyfriend? The, the yeah, mysterious I don't man? know. He's a show up lately. I'm going on a date with another man kind of character. Her bow and his uh, turtleneck match. They're both bright yellow. I guess that's the movie, not the director, but. This seems weird that you go on a date and your bow matches your date's turtleneck color. He's looking for their ship. She's got to be around here somewhere. Yeah. Okay, now she finds out Elliot was fired because she's gay and she he's gay. And she's like, what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't Even, make sense? We were just fucking. <laughs> but she's like 
because she knows what a dog Elliot is. But meanwhile, she was the one who told her father that. I don't get it. Okay, so she goes and finds Elliot on the beach. Right. Because they're playing a game. And she's like, hey, how about a piece of this, my man? And she goes, what? You're the sister. She goes, well, so. And they're like, Elliot, come on. We're in a game. Come on, Elliot. Look, you can see her. The headlights are on. See the headlights? Did you so, see them or missed it? You missed it, right? Oh uh, no, no, no. I, I was waiting for you to say it. It's oh, sure, well, sure is cold. <laughs> come on, show us again. Come on. Yeah. So they keep saying, come on, Elliot. And she's like, it's that game or me. And he chooses her. Oh, really? The headlights are on. Wait, he chooses his roommate's sister? Mm-hmm. What a creep. Oh, there they are. One headlight, one headlight. <laughs> one headlight, one. You can't really see it here. So he's made his choice. Oh, wow. He's, and he's they are his off. Butt. So the guys are cool with it. He's like, you, you bystander. Come on. You go. But they don't realize, did they think he was gay? And then he walks off with the little sister? Mm-mm. They don't know anything about it. Now here's Army getting a guy. Oh, oh, somebody's watching me. The Army guy shows up in his uniform in the whole in the alley. Well, because now it's re- it isn't the same guy. It's the guy who visits the neighbor, and it's revealed that he's really gay. And oh, he's there for the camp wife. party. <laughs> right. Didn't you didn't now you show going- up with a sleeping bag, Carl, and they laughed at you? I'm sorry to interrupt you, Michael, but we're about to see the only tits we see in this film. So just stand by for the boobs. All right. Look, when you make up your mind whether you like girls or not, I'll be upstairs. Take full back will nudity, but watch. Watch it. And... Kaboom! What? R rating. Elliot's credit, he came through the door and said, listen, this is a bad idea. You're Danny's sister. And she's like, okay, so now we, as if we didn't know, we find out. Where have you been? I've been on pins and needles waiting. Uh, I I had to be careful. I think she's having me watched. This is the last place they think of looking for you. See, this is why gay people didn't like this film. It was all stereotypes. Let me see here. Uh, gay groups were worried the film portraying homosexuals as flamboyant, oversex queens who yeah. were to be viewed as less than normal. It was protested by gay activists for its presentation of gays as effeminate. It uses several derogatory slurs towards gays, but it clearly never takes a side on the issue. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there was like real change happening. I mean, some old riots at bar in New York happened around this time. So it just seems like a, a yeah. step backwards to... This is one of the first films ever to have openly gay characters, and they could have used it to be on the side of, you know, to really address them. I, I don't know. I think they're on the side of the prejudice people, this film. Well, I mean, but let's, let, let's go back like 15 years and when I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry came out, that right. movie was equally backwards. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, pretending though. It was trying to be on the side of gay people. You know, have you ever seen? There was a TV show that didn't last a season. It was called like "You Got to Work" or "Work for It," and it was about these mm-hmm. two men who said, "Geez, you know, women get better job opportunities than we do," and they dress up in drag. And oh, they, that's interesting. 
It's a, they, it didn't let, it's a, it's a train wreck of a show and it's on YouTube and I wish I could remember. It's like, you got to work or something because they got mm-hmm. to work. It's this straw man argument of saying, listen, the only reason why Chuck and Larry have to pretend they're gay is because then when they're married, they can get health care because that's right. available. Benefit. You know, this weird affirmative action kind of call like, oh God, it's not fair. It's bias against, you know, us. Uh, straight guys? Oh, us, yeah, straight gay guys. Look at his pubes. Cover up those pubes. <laughs> that is one Merkin. Oh, so he's going to the <laughs> camp party dressed as uh, guy in cape. Right. Oh, maybe vampire. And Danny is sulking, smoking in bed. He's smoking in going. bed. That's you know what you roommates. would like about Danny's sister? She was on Simpsons. Um. Let's talk about Joanne Harris, Danny's sister, Leslie, and I'll just jump to the part you like. Okay. On TV, she was on Tracy Ullman's... Okay, so 2010, 9, and 8, she was on Tracy Ullman. Now, I want to say Tracy Ullman's show, but the internet says Tracy Ullman's State of the Union. Yeah, right. She, she had a show called State of the Union. She had okay. Other... Joanne was on that, and that led to a gig doing on The Simpsons. Oh, no, it cool. Didn't. No, it didn't. It says here, The Simpsons, she was a voice in 91, 89, 90, 91, and 92. She was a recurring voice actress, mostly one-liner background characters. But in one episode, she played Martin Prince. And in oh. four episodes, she played Lewis Clark. So oh, all right. Some, yes, I'm well yeah. aware. She had street cred on The Simpsons. She was also on Laverne and Shirley. It was 1983, so that must have been the 60s one. Yeah. She was in The Beguiled. Do you know that? The Beguiled, the, the Beguiled. TVs? No, I don't know it. The Beguiled is a... Uh, a, a uh, gosh, what's his name? Clint Eastwood film in which he like sleeps with all the young girls. I don't know. It was a big uh. thing. She was in Newsies in 92. But here's what you'll hate. She was in Active Vengeance, Rape Squad, 1974. What was it called? In this rape... It's called... Active Vengeance, Rape Squad. In this crime drama, a group of rape victims get together and to get revenge on the Jingle Bell rapist who forced them to sing Merry Christmas Diddy, Jingle Bells, while he brutalized and violated their body. Wow. Yeah. Hey, let me, let me, try, the, let me try the old movie test. Yes, please. Uh, two tickets for Active Vengeance, Rape Squad, please. I can't do it. <laughs> Where's Tarzan? So Tarzan? Tarzan, the guy in this costume party, he is uh, basically poking out. So just wanted to go back to him. <laughs> now, this is the guy who got beat up in the bar by Elliot. Oh, and he's okay, wearing so a Elliot. bandana now as a cowboy. Yeah. He's now, Malcolm's like, Elliot this and Elliot that. Is that drag queen like, pregnant? <laughs> It was a pregnant pause when you said that. Um, now, Elliot is going to make a mistake and think a girl, a man in drag is a girl. Oh, she's so beautiful. Look at her. <laughs> and he's like, a girl. I can't help myself. I'm going for the girl. <laughs> girl, girl, girl. Girl, girl, finally. He's going to pass by the guy from the bar and his shirtless friend. Hello, girl person. I understand <laughs> you have female genitalia. I do, I do. Oh. 
Let me freshen up your drink. Part of the joke is that it's so clear it's a guy, and he's like, I would love a new drink, you know? Yeah. Wait, so is he a vampire or is it because he's wearing like a, a fig leaf over and like white junk, yeah. stage shorts? Look at that balloon. Here you go, my lady. Here you are, obviously a woman. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hello well, at the gay party. Are are you a B cup? You're clearly a B cup. This way to heterosexual sex, please. Who's this guy in the mask? It's really creepy. Yes. Guess who it is. Oh, it's the military guy. Boom! There's no fool in a Spiegelman. But wait a minute. Does the military guy know that that's not a lady? I don't know. The Oh, that? I don't know. Because he's but the whole idea is that he can't, he, he can't go into a bedroom with a lady. And he's oblivious. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because he's oblivious of who's in the bed right now. Click. Click lights out. Oops. Right. That way I can't Stage see your movie lights when it on. <laughs> I, lo- I love movies. movie lights. Yeah, like you ever watched like a film noir movie and it's black and white and they turn off the lights and suddenly at the window, the lights outside the windows <laughs> right. like blare on. Boy, the moon is bright tonight. <laughs> Good night, dear. Good night, dear. Click. <laughs> There are six taglines to this film. Um, let me tell you them. You know, the movie tagline. Um, one of them is, they had to keep their hands off girls in co- order to keep the army's hands off them. <laughs> Another goes, is he or isn't he? Another one goes, only his draft board and his girlfriend know for sure. Which doesn't wow. make sense because the draft board didn't know for sure. Right. Uh, three more taglines. They're pretty bad. One of them is called Scandalous. The other, the other tagline is, "What kind of movie is this?" I like that tagline. And the one, this one is a little good. He goes, "In absolute divine color." Oh, so we, he got caught in bed. What's the matter, boy? Don't you like drag queens? <laughs> it's not that unusual. I talked to a doctor. That's pretty. Yeah, that it's guy okay, really. You're gay. Is this it's a nightmare? Okay, you're gay. I'm not gay. Oh my god! Then he wet the bed. <laughs> I'm so nervous here in bed. Susan Day is breaking up with him now, and it's for real. She's really like, "That's it. I'm not moving. I'm not relocating. We're done." And she's but. Danny lets it happen. He doesn't go, look, I'm not gay. Here's what happened. We went to the draft board. We told him we were gay. Like, he doesn't fess up. That always drives me crazy, especially like Gilligan used to do that all the time. People would go, Gilligan, misunderstanding. And he'd go, uh, yeah, but, uh, and then we'd cut to the next scene. (laughs) Gilligan, speak up for yourself. He doesn't stick up for himself. You know, it's weird. She's, when we first met her, she was wearing that white dress with the lace that showed her belly. And now he's wearing like a white sweater. That is no, loose and no. you can see through it. He's wearing no, her clothes. Michael. <laughs> no. The girl he was making out with with the lace in her belly was showing Yeah, was not this fiancé. That's why I thought it was so weird for the film. Well, they have to establish that these guys are dudes, that they're straight dudes. 
That's right. That is what it was they for. Do that. Right. So in, in Chuck and Larry, there's a scene where Adam Sandler, like, you know, Kevin James shows up to Adam Sandler's place who happened to have, is happened to have sex with Tila, uh, Tequila, the, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the infamous MTV personality. Oh, is that the one where he had to pretend he was gay and she was like, I can do anything in front of you because you don't care, you know. Well, I think he I goes, that. he kicks her out of bed, I think, in the movie. He's like, come on, get out of here. You know, it's, it just so happens to have a girl in the bed when his buddy comes over. Do you remember uh, King of Queens' son was gay? Steve McQueen's son? No, no, King of Queens. What's his name? Oh, Kevin James, yeah. Yeah, Mall Cop. His, in that film, his son was gay. I, I saw that movie only once, but it, some of that stuff sticks out. But Okay, now it's the cheerful breakup, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, just what a uh, gay film needs is melodrama. See, there's so many chances like this scene in which we can stick up for gay people and say, show how they're oppressed and it's not fair, they're just like you and me, and there's misunderstandings and misconceptions, but they blow all of that opportunity off and just do gay stereotype jokes. Shame. Yeah, it's not a. Uh, it's not very entertaining. This film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's what's going on now? The landlord saying, "Look, I know you're straight." Look, I'm, he's like, me. "Please come over." No, not I know you're straight. He doesn't. He's like, "Please come over to the party," and you know, like, I thought we were going to be friends. And okay, so what's going on now? The guy got totally exposed, right? Yeah. And yet the. The the army guy is just like back to the regular party, and they're out there, and she's back in drag. It's like, it's like that scene. Do you know what I mean? Like, that scene should have broken things up. He, they all should have left for home. Oh, Even absolutely. It, was- it should have. It should have been that the the guy that he went into the bed with realizes that he actually thought he was a woman and he's straight, and that the military guy, which is weird, that he would just happen to be there. Now this right. finally the party gets started. Here comes the. I caught you. Okay, so now the jealous boyfriend of the one that, that, um, yeah. Yeah. Her. You, you are some girls you do, lock herself in a closet. You were supposed to be here hours ago. Oh, Vince, you're hurting me. Are you going to let him talk to me like that? You can do better than her, Vince. I know a real girl that... You bastard. <laughs> okay, now there'll be another fist fight because Elliot loves the bash gays. Uh, like in the, see the one behind him in the cowboy hat. He already yeah. hit him once. That's right. And and that's okay, right? See, get off of me, you queen. Get off of me. Oh, he's they really are oh, gonna start a fight. Bam! <laughs> oh, that guy. Oh, I, to be fair, that guy was about to fall down before the punch was thrown. Yay! It's nothing funnier than this. Yeah. With the nose and she was in Scooby Doo. Yeah, right. She's, well, yeah. Well, yeah. She's she had that. a history before Scooby Doo, you know. Yes. Our party is falling apart. It's the most exciting party of the year. People will be talking about it. <laughs> it was a success. Now he's going to go to dad and say, okay, dad, look, you fired Elliot because he's gay. He's not gay. We were trying to trick the army. And he fesses up, right? He doesn't oh. say, this is another chance for the film to say, 
look how uncool this world is to gay people. You find out you're gay and the guy's just fired for no reason because he would be a bad influence on the children. It's ridiculous. All right, that would that would give this movie some kind of evolution, some kind of like character change where he actually right. he experiences it and realizes. Yeah, he's lost his girl. His roommate is fired, but no, he's saying, "I was just doing it to get out of the arm." Let's listen. All right. Why else do you think I had him fired from the club? We can't have perverts like him coming into contact with our children. Those army he, doctors are now, fools, Dan. Danny it's should go. He's job. not a pervert. Those like you with problems. I don't know. I thought that you were glad that I got deferred. Not that way. You realize this will be on your record for the rest of your life? That you'll never be able to hold any kind of a job requiring a security clearance? Now, Danny, did you ever ask any of your fairy friends what it's like to have a stigma like that attached to them? Did you? Dad, I'm trying to tell you something. Don't tell me. Tell your draft board. (laughs) That's my argument with my father, too. So now he is telling the draft board. Listen, let's just take a second to recognize our thing was He was a great that, that we just great it up guy. We both lost your dad. You, I just want to say no. your dad was really a great man. And I always had fun with him. He was so funny, man. Especially after a drink or two. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh... So they missed the mark with the movie here. They're both going down to tell the army coincidentally. He comes out and he's like, nah. This is on a permanent record forever, even though we confessed it's too late. It's the paperwork submitted. So the, the, the draft board has them listed as homosexual. And so, like, you know, let's, uh, let's just forget about it. Let's go to the Red Cross and donate blood. <laughs> what do you well, mean I can't donate blood? Why? It's gay blood, sir. Yeah, oh. oh. Yeah, sir. Very, Once we gave uh, a <clears throat> blood transfusion to Rock Hudson, and the next thing you know... <laughs> Jeez, girl. That hunk was all about the men. It took you uh, one hour and 29 minutes into the movie to do a Rock Hudson joke? <laughs> yeah. So Where's here it? you can see that Bobby Brady did not change his character one whit. And they're they're sort of like breaking up now, these two. But Elliot's changed, right? Elliot's gay now? Nope. No? None of them became gay after this? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> After giving blood. After nope. just crashing the party. They're like, hello, gay neighborhood. Here we are. Look, right now, Danny's like, hey, come on, Elliot. This was fun. I mean, we had some gay jokes and we entertained an audience. Okay, the movie's done. <laughs> it was, it's, it, they missed their mark. Okay, here's the big punchline. They're shaking hands and the draft board's watching us. Thinking that they could fool us. You really had them figured, didn't you, George? Well, that's my job, Joe. To weed out all the undesirable. We don't want to come in the army, do we, Joe? Oh, him and Joe are, are uh, gay. Yeah. All right, so soundtrack. That's a big punchline. And here we, we do the. I love it at the end when they do this. They show clips of the people and they say who they are. And Joanne Harris. Yeah, Michael Greer is Malcolm. Sebastian Brooke is Craig. Jack Scarlett went on to be a director, by the way. Um, the 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 um, he never acted again. But the lieutenant colonel. Huh. Where is it? Uh, I don't think there was too much interesting, but maybe one thing you would find interesting. Let me just look. Uh, he was a director Punky of uh, Drive-In. Drive-In Gold Run, Angel, 
run. Cleopatra Jones. Cleopatra right? Jones. That's the space and, age all femme fighting team. And race with the devil. He went on. He never. Yeah. So he did Cleopatra Jones as a director. He never again was an actor. He. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Cleopatra Jones, the movie. I was thinking about some weird like science fiction TV show called Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Do you know Race with the Devil? Race with the Devil. The I heard of it. I don't think I've ever seen it though. So that wow. was it, and it was what it was. It didn't. Suck. It was fun. Um, What's uh, I didn't. Uh, I don't think I ever heard of this movie before. You uh, bumped into it from Instagram, really, or how did you find this film? Well, I've you know one of the things is that I mean the premise of the film is that these are movies that I always heard about and read about, but when I look, I check to see if uh, somebody uh, who posted the movie has other movies posted and I wind up seeing movies that I didn't even know existed. And this was one of those. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, yeah. And you know, it was good. I mean, I would love to hear more history about just, the, uh, how that movie played, but what a dog of a movie. Yeah. So like I said before, it missed its mark. It really could have been I mean, we would know this film today if it had been, you know, pro homosexuality or at least anti-discrimination against homosexuality. But it chose not to do that. It chose just to be a Jack Tripper, Three right. Company kind of film. Also, this film, horrible plot. I mean, it the plot kept on tripping over its own feet over and over, just nonsensical things, and you just roll with it, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm glad we it saw was. it. I mean, it's an interesting yeah. film, and uh, I do like Malcolm. Uh, all right, so yeah. Carl, uh, because we're sh- recording this so early in the morning, I didn't have an opportunity to pick a movie for next week, but okay. I might be able to think of one by the time we broadcast this hours later in the day. So can okay. we just leave a blank, and if I'm in the studio, yeah. I'll announce what the movie is? Yes, and you all just right. text it to me, and I'll get researching. Yeah. All right, so guys, stay tuned for next week, because our movie will be... Uh, I still haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> Excellent choice, right? Uh, yeah, I'm so prepared. Oh, sounds awesome. Let's, sounds awesome. Okay, can we please hear the trailer? Let's oh, yeah, here's the trailer. I don't know why the Universal <laughs> theme opening is there. In a world. <laughs> he was a city cop. In a world. Until the cops kicked him out. Well, what Whoa. am I supposed to do now, fellas? <laughs> you could be a criminal. 16-year-old Danny Kay was the perfect high school student until one day he scratched a record. (laughs) All right, so stay tuned for that for next week. We want to thank everybody for uh, listening to our show. Do you, what's that? Starring Milton Berle and Danny Bonaducci with a cameo (laughs) by Dolly Parton. Yeah. Burt Reynolds passed. We should just say Burt Reynolds, uh, kudos to you for living. Sorry, oh. you died. Yes, R.I.P. Uh, Burt Reynolds. We, we, my brother and I, when you were out, let's watched uh, Rent a Cop. Yeah. yeah, I saw that on Facebook, and I thought to myself, "Wow, there's an opportunity." Like you, it was that happened to us several times, right? Like we watched a movie and then someone died. Uh, well, we did that it? with um, we watched uh, One Night in Heaven, and it was the director John Alvison, who's. I mispronounced his name. He's best known for Rocky and Karate Kid. 
Right, right, yeah. And yeah. that was a couple of days afterwards. So uh, I had written something up for on our blog pro, uh, site, Let's Watch a Full Life Movie on youtube.blogspot.com. And I scrapped mm-hmm. it just because the, the man passed away. Yeah. Well, Be- that might have, search results might have led people to you, but okay. But yeah, but you know what? They'll be searching for his name and they'll see me. They'll, it might pop up. You know, it's not. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't need to cool. re- rewrite the post I have about Burt Reynolds because people will type in Burt Reynolds and they might see it or, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So do you think his funeral will be televised? Um, I I think if he'll finally be back on in the public eye again. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> we submit to real. Film? We should mention real fast that Burt Reynolds and Lonnie Anderson, that was at one point like the American royal couple, like the yeah, Charles yeah. and Diane of the 80s. And people don't know who... At my work, when some people said Burt Reynolds died, the, the people were like, who? And they said, you know, he's married to Lonnie Anderson. It's like, who? Right. Time, that time has passed. She, they, she was America's sweetheart. She was. Huh. WKRC. He's a, he's a colleague of Clint Eastwood's? They used to be in westerns, TV westerns together. Uh, were they? I don't know about that. I only really know about him since Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, well, they they weren't in the same series, but they both were uh, on television uh, and TV westerns at one point. I didn't know that. I thought that um, I incorrectly thought Deliverance was his first credit. Or no, first no, 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 no. Yeah, Gunsmoke, Rawhide. Yeah, no, he uh, he was carving his way out. Uh, all right, Carl. Uh, I know people can find you. Uh, what you do at Carl sucks. Anything you yeah. want to mention? Any good shows you did last week? Any Not shows really. coming up? All right. No, I. I it's Carl sucks. Will have it all, but mostly it has the old ones, and you can click on YouTube links and laugh. Listen, you could bring my my view count up to like fourteen if you would just click a link. <laughs> Carl sucks. All right, Carl, that sucks. Uh, I am producing a open mic here on Mutiny Radio on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. As always, you can listen to the live stream at mutinyradio.fm if you want to check that out. Uh, And also, we'd like you to donate to the station. If you go to mutinyradio.fm, there is a donate button. You click it, you donate $5 on PayPal, and you do us a fave. So. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, Carl, thanks so much. Audience, thank Thank you so much. Thank you, audience. Yeah, thanks, Carl. I appreciate it. Ken, thank you for researching this film. That was a lot of info. Yes, always. Count on me. All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you later, man. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year watching movies back. German strudels. Oh, 
jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the <laughs> duh, Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as movies over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. 
And ten dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. (laughs) What could it be? It's exactly what you think it is. Flat. Black. Plastic. Vinyl, records, round, played, mixed. All for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scotto Walker. Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, Write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders. Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And... Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Hey, comedy fans, don't miss Comedy Day Sunday, September 16th at Robin Williams Meadow in Golden Gate Park, noon till 5. It's free. You'll see 44 or more comedians. 44 comedians, five hours. That's over eight and a half comedians an hour. 
That's silly. Ever see a half a comedian? Yes, a half wit. Not funny, but comedy day will be. A guaranteed laugh a minute. Let's see, a laugh a minute times five hours. That's 300 jokes. That's a lot of jokes, folks. <laughs> so why are these people laughing? I don't know. Maybe because they know comedy day will be better than the shoelaces of Madagascar exhibit. Better than the paperweight wares of the world convention. Better even than the alien sheep herding contest. And speaking of hurting, hurt any good ones lately? Okay, not funny again, but comedy day will be. Don't miss punchlines like these. A frog in a blender, in your hat, to keep his pants up. Comedy day is worth the price of admission because it's free. Nothing to buy, no operators waiting for your call. Void, we're prohibited by law. Comedy day. Sunday, September 16th at Robin Williams Meadow in Golden Gate Park. It's free. Visit comedyday.org for complete details. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. 
I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Mr. Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for, <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. <laughs> Flat, black, plastic, vinyl, records, round, played, mixed. All for you every Saturday from noon to two 
by Scott Walker. Amazing artist. Music DJ. Vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession,